Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right. Have you been to any concerts recently, Olden? Do you go to concerts no. at all? You don't? You're not a concert guy? Are you just not a music guy? You're not a I crowd guy? Be, What's I the deal? I when I was younger. Okay. It's like all the concerts that I would go to, they tend to have shootings. So, oh. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it's not something to laugh at. My, uh, we took my kids to see a concert um, the week after the whole Vegas thing, uh-huh. and they literally asked me on the way. Yeah, I'm, like, Dad, is that is that going to happen here? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't geez. feel safe anywhere. Man, man. So made I'm, me want to turn around and go home. But uh, anyway, um, I tell you what, musicians at concerts, I've been there now, where they literally get upset. They get upset because nobody's watching the concert anymore. They're watching the concert through their phone it's as if you'd rather have a record of having been to the concert than actually experience the concert and i think i think that the world too much of it at least is watching lebron james through their phone it's as if they would rather immediately have record of what happened let's get the stats and then compare it to things that have happened in the past as opposed to just experiencing LeBron James. Here's what I would love to hear from uh, from everybody today at 877-99 on Fox. And Olden Polonese in for Jim Jackson today, Mark Willard, and we're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, geico.com, for a free rate quote. We've gotten so far down the path, Olden, of the constant, now boring, and completely irrelevant conversation of LeBron and MJ, that anytime, anytime LeBron does anything now, it's like if you're Team MJ, you need to stand up and find ways to diminish what LeBron James is doing or who he is. And it's gotten to the point, Alden, 
where whoever's doing that just sounds ridiculous. I, I'm so sick of it. Uh, I've been sick of it for a while. And it's, it's now it's getting to the point, like, it's getting on my nerves. You cannot compare these people. You can't compare Jordan. You can't compare LeBron. You can't compare Kobe. You can't compare Kareem. None of At the end of the day, my big question for everyone, okay, is this. MJ fans will always go with MJ. Sure. Kobe fans go with Kobe. Sure. LeBron go with Kobe. Sure. What is the criteria for the greatest of all times? Until somebody gives me the criteria, I don't want to hear any more of these arguments. Well, even if you're looking at comparing to someone else or whatever it may be, 877-99 on Fox, go ahead. Give us your best shot today. Try to diminish LeBron James. Like, I want to hear what it is that when you watch or you see or you experience or you or you download everything that's happened over the last decade, what is it that you look at and go, yeah, meh, uh, eh, I'm not quite sure about this or I didn't like that. You know, the decision has now been what? I mean, the decision was a decade ago. Like, let's get, get over it. Okay, get over it. So, let's But once get... again, it becomes personal feelings. Okay, and that's fine. You can have your favorite. I guess my point is, take MJ out, take Kobe out. Do you see what's... I mean, this was the first human being ever to score over 50 in a playoff game and lose. That's never happened before. Yeah. And just watch what he did the other night. Look what's around him. Teammates who don't even know the score. I, I mean, look what's around him, and here he is on the road in game one of the NBA Finals against the greatest collection of talent of all time and in position to win. And if you go to a sports bar this week, you're still hearing it. I'm telling you. I've heard it. I've read others. Others have talked to me. They hear it. The conversation in a sports bar is still somebody going, you know, LeBron is never blank, or LeBron, he can't this because blank. I would love to hear somebody attempt to diminish LeBron James right now. I don't think it can be done, and and you still sound sane. It can't be done, and and this is coming from one of the biggest LeBron critics around. That's true. My criticism has always been, I felt, he didn't put it all out there all the time. Sometimes he got disengaged. And so I've always felt like he should have been the guy to to average a tri- triple-double way before Russell Westbrook. And so it was along those lines. And it was always between the lines for me. It was never anything outside of basketball. Never, ever, ever. Because no one can ever diminish anything he's done off the court. That's ridiculous. So he's definitely number one on Mount Rushmore as far as off the court and social um, awareness and everything else. With that being said, I have to say this may be his best body of work this year. Oh, my gosh. By far. It is incredible. The, what you just said with the stat, the first guy to score 50 and lose, meaning <laughs> all those other guys had just a little bit of help. <laughs> At least. Just a little bit. At least. You know, and so that's all he needs. He just needs a little bit of help. And so to me, this is by far the best I've ever seen. I don't think Jordan could have done this. Well, 
Um, there was an under-the-radar comment. We've all spent so much time since Game 1 on J.R. Smith running out toward half court. Clay <laughs> to Thompson. To the yeah, liquor store. The, the head of the liquor store. Uh, you've got Clay Thompson's injury. You've got officiating. We're going to get to all of those things. Those were the top three things that people talked about. Do you want to know what was a fascinating under-the-radar comment after Game 1? It came from the mouth of Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr said after the game, I don't think we've ever seen someone play basketball like this. So Steve is going to fly above the whole, like, is it a Le- LeBron guy, you an MJ guy? You're couple- He's not going to get into that. But think of that sentence. It just came out of the mouth of, first of all, the person coaching against him, and secondly, someone who was on Michael Jordan's team. He was on Michael Jordan's team, and he stated – We've never seen someone play basketball like this. I'm waiting for people to just appreciate the talent. That's all. Take all your emotions out of the equation. Take all your personal feelings. You know, I enjoy, I played against Mike since college. And even when I was playing against him, when I didn't have a game directly against him, I was a fan. Sure. Because it was impressive seeing the stuff he did. And it's funny. I asked him one night, we were playing cards. And I said, what is it like being you? Okay. I literally, I asked him that. Hold on, stop. You play cards with Michael Jordan? Of course. All those guys. Still? Not now. Oh, not now. You used to. You used to. It got a little too too costly. (laughs) Exactly. That's why I was asking. I wasn't asking like, wow, celebrity sighting. I was like, you play cards with Michael Jordan? That sounds like the most dangerous thing you've ever done in your life. And you know what's the worst part about it? When he loses, he just doubles the bet every time. (laughs) He just keeps doubling it to the point where you're like, you're out. We play this game called Tunk, right? And so it's like, we'll play like, there's a, you know, not to get on a tangent, but there's a separate side bet that you do, like the highest suit, which okay. is spades, hearts, clubs, sure. diamonds. Sure. So we'll start like $100, high spade. He loses, it goes to 500 <laughs> So now all of a sudden, you got $200 in front of you, but you're like, I got to put up more money. And so if he loses that, he'll go to 1000 and so on and so on. And it's like, oh, and that, he puts that pressure on you. Because his money's longer than yours. Of course. And so that's, you know. I mean, but- you, you just described every CBA discussion that's ever happened <laughs> in sports. So this is what happens when millionaires fight billionaires. The billionaires win because they can suck the millionaires dry. Exactly. So that's exactly the way Michael Jordan plays cards. He's like, look at all these millionaires. Oh, I'm a billionaire. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, getting back to the point. No, you no, know, I love that. Michael... You know, I enjoyed watching him play. And it's the same thing now. I enjoy watching Kobe. Oh, my God. The biggest thrill I ever had was seeing the 60 points in his last game. I mean, I had goosebumps. And I played against this kid. I remember him being a kid. And now I watch LeBron. That 50 points, I was so impressed. You know, and that's what you're supposed Mm. to do. Yep. I always say this, and I say it a lot online. You're either a fan or you're a fanatic. Pick a side. How do you define the difference? <laughs> the fan enjoys the game okay. for what it is. The fanatic wants to argue. Everything. The fanatic lets the emotions run. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, 877-99 on Fox. That is the number. Go ahead. Try to diminish LeBron James. We dare you. We'd love to hear what it is that you still think is some sort of shortcoming. I'm not comparing him to anyone. 
I just want to know, where's the shortcoming? Where is it? On the court? Off the court? Shooting? Passing? Thinking? Rebounding? Leading? Go ahead. Try to find it. And by the way, producer Rob, is Rob Parker, is he in today? He is. Perfect. Because in less than three hours, one of the two leading media LeBron haters is going to walk in this room. And Rob, if you're listening, I ask you to come in early because you can spend five minutes on our show today trying to give us your best shot. Maybe text the other one, Skip Bayless. See if he's got any ideas for you. I'm sorry to both of you. We have reached the end of the road. Your argument is over. It's done. You lost that one. Take the L, apologize, and move on. I'm calling for it today. You know what I akin this to? And I'm going a way different sport. Jack Nicholas. Okay. You know how many second places Jack Nicholas has? At like I think more than first <laughs> as far so as the majors. That, so does that diminish the accomplishments? No. Of course. No. It no. doesn't. It makes it that much better. And so to me, it's the same with LeBron. Oh, well, he lost in the final. Dude, eight straight, nine total. I don't care who you are. You know how difficult that is? He just dragged J.R. Michael had to take two years off for baseball. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because it was getting too much for him. So let's hear from you. What do you got? What do you have left in the holster? At least, what do you think? 877-99 on Fox. Take your calls. Coming up, uh, Alex Marvez on the show today. Fred McLeod, Cavs, play-by-play voice uh, on TV. I can't wait to hear how he called the J.R. Smith play at the end of game one we'll find that out on the show today olden polonese is here mark willard fox sports radio wherever you live gosh where we do the uh it it appears summer has begun the weather is beautiful so hopefully you're out and about doing something fun taking us with you uh if you're on your way to or from church thank you for doing it with us here on fox sports radio olden polonese in for jim jackson mark willard what does it mean when geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Olden, let's give you first crack because you admitted it right off the top. Like, over the years, you've been someone who has tried to poke a hole or two into the entire picture that is LeBron James. Yes. Do you have anything left? Like, what would you say? I don't have anything left because everything is its own entity. You know, Jordan had the era. Yeah, we had some great players. I know that. And so I'm never going to hate on anybody like right now. That's why I enjoy watching the Warriors play. I enjoy watching basketball today than I did when I was in it. Because mm. ours was wrestling, you know, disguised as basketball. It was physical to – man, it was crazy. Do you know how refreshing it is to hear what you just said? <laughs> Has anybody in America heard it? How old are you, Olden? I'm 54. <laughs> Has anybody in America heard any other 50-something-year-old former player be like – so today's better. Has it anybody is. else said that? It's aesthetically better. Oh, it's pleasing to watch. I mean, I, I just like being honest about stuff. I'm not going <laughs> to hate. You know, that's why I get upset with a lot of the guys because they, well, you know, we were. I always, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like with, with the money. You yes. know, I can't get mad at a young guy getting 20, 30 million right now because I know when I got my little $350,000 for the year, 
the guys before me were like, damn, he's getting how much? <laughs> so it's all it's all relative. Right. So it's like you just got to enjoy it for what it is. But with LeBron, I just literally, I enjoy what he does and how he carries his team, but how, more how he carries himself and how he's changing the game. So I look at it all-encompassing, you know. But, again, my criticism will always stay between the lines of the basketball court. You know, people get a little crazy with it. And so far, everything he's doing, he's setting records. Oh. And it's just absurd. Again, that 51 the other night was some impressive stuff. But look what he did. Indiana gave away three games, and it was all because of him. He's, he put so much pressure on you, you know, to where even though you should win the game, right. you end up losing. <laughs> Toronto, oh, my God, I called that sweet. Well, Toronto is he, uh, he's, mentally beaten he's upon been, arrival. Yes, yes. Upon, arrival, upon arrival, he has already beaten them because they confirmed it. We cannot beat LeBron and the Cavaliers. DeMar they didn't De- say Cavaliers. They no, said LeBron. LeBron. DeMar DeRozan Cavs. last year when he said we would have won if LeBron was on our team. The second, <laughs> Here's another way I can say that sentence. I will never beat LeBron in my career. Exactly. That, done. Done. That, I'm not – I get it. He's great. I'm not criticizing. I'm simply saying you're mentally done if that's the thought process. All right. Everybody's got a shot. Go ahead. Give it your best shot. Marvin in St. Paul. Marvin, you're first up with Mark Willard, Olden, Polynesian Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I look at it, instead of saying the greatest player ever, why don't you say the greatest players of their eras? Because um, I also look at LeBron's leadership. And I think before George Hill took that um, free throw, um, I can imagine Kobe or Michael (laughs) calling the players together and saying, if he misses, this is what we're going to do. You know, and I didn't see LeBron. LeBron should have gathered his teammates together and say, this is what's going to happen in case he misses it. Okay, Marvin, I'm so glad you brought this up. First of all, we do say greatest player of the era. You haven't heard anyone on this show go down the stupid and played out rabbit hole of who's better, LeBron or MJ. Doesn't matter. Uh, right. But to, to me, what we're talking about right now is simply can you just relax, take a deep breath, and acknowledge LeBron's greatness? Olden, I wonder about this. And Marvin, thank you. So he just said, and I've heard others do this. Why didn't you tell J.R. Smith that if he misses and you get a rebound, you know, you either need to go back up and try to score or pass it out. It's LeBron's fault because that play obviously lacked leadership. Do you buy that? Uh, I can't put all this on LeBron. I'm sorry. I mean, at the end of the day, one of the things that we're taught – Early on in basketball, especially in the last minute or so at the foul line or anywhere else, you have to know time and score. We all, that's the mantra. And so to me, I don't think, yeah, LeBron probably could have done that, grab everybody, but you don't expect an 82% shooter to miss. That's like Steph goes up there, you want, what, Draymond to go up? Hey, if Steph happens (laughs) to miss... Come on, dude. Well, so I think that's a great point. There are two reasons why LeBron is not even something that should come out of your mouth about the free throw miss. A, it's along the lines of what you just said. A good leader doesn't grab the team together and go, okay, here's what's going to happen if and when this goes bad. You're putting a seed in George Hill's head that you're about to miss. Yep. 
So you don't do that. That's bad leadership. Secondly, J.R. Smith is a professional basketball player. I watched this game with my 11-year-old son. The second J.R. Smith got the rebound, my 11-year-old son screamed, Dad, where's he going? He's 11. You have to know that. You have to assume that your teammates know what the score is and that there's four seconds left when the clock's been stopped for a minute and a half and you've got all the time in the world to look at this. To me, this is, you know, it's very rare that blame goes 100% in one direction. It does here for me. Um, let's go to Jerry in Florida. Jerry, thanks for calling. What's up? Oh, yes. Um, I think, first of all, with J.R. Smith, I'm from Chicago originally here, and um, the Bulls got rid of J.R. Smith when they traded for him from Denver. And, you know, J.R. is the kind of guy who will make you a break. You know, last night he proved it, you know. Yep. If you don't have LeBron on your team, you know, that's that's it. But my point is LeBron versus Jordan. LeBron from the neck down, the greatest. Jordan from the neck up, the greatest. And that's the difference. That's why Jordan went 6-0 and and LeBron has lost huh. it. Because Jordan, if you got Okay, so, so Jerry, team, Jerry, I'm going to stop yeah. you because it keeps saying 100 times in a row we're not doing LeBron versus MJ. I want to know. So you said apparently LeBron is lacking something from the neck up. Let's focus on that. Go ahead. Describe it. What are you not seeing in LeBron from the neck up? Well, again, it goes back to that contrast, okay, is that when he gets close, when Jordan got close to a championship, he's going to come out of there one way or the other. LeBron consistently has been there. You know, he's the greatest player. He's the biggest and best physical specimen on the floor. He should be able to make that difference. We can make excuses. There's four of the players on the floor, okay? Well, Jordan also had four of the players on the floor. Too. Yeah, and the difference was Jordan's were good, too. There's the other difference. Well, um, he had, yeah, so, so as LeBron's. LeBron's had some pretty good – these guys get played with all-stars, okay? He's lost in Miami with all-stars. He yep. built that dream team and lost to Dallas. Maybe yeah, a thing full of all stars. So Jerry, Jerry, thanks so much. I didn't hear a darn thing there about what what LeBron is lacking uh, from the neck up. I, you I just, never will. I just I don't. I, but so. you never will. They throw out random thoughts, and then that's it. But there's nothing to back it up, and that's the part that I, again, I'm not under the LeBron bandwagon, but I'm kind of walking next to it right now. <laughs> You well, know, it's a pretty comfortable, easy place to be right about now. By the way, I don't know if I. I've, ever been, be I've, I've been here for a year and a half. <laughs> I've never been more confident in where I'm walking than today. Never. It is because he's showing it every. How about this one? Fifteen years in the league, okay, and it seems like he's getting better. It, it doesn't seem like that. It is that at thirty three years. Thirty three years. That old. is absurd to me. That is absurd. I've seen them all. That's absurd. Outside of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that's absurd. To be getting better at 33. It's absurd. With Olden Polonese, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. Vinny Del Negro is going to jump into the conversation next. We'll continue with your phone calls as well at 877-99 on Fox. But let's get David Gascon in here. I tell you what, there's actually something uh, Olden and I have been, you know, diving in on NBA. I actually don't even know what's going on with Tiger at the Memorial today. What what, what do we got going on? Well, hold on. Let's start off with the ladies first, shall we? Hard to believe, but through this brilliant playing, Area Jutanagarn 
is one over on the difficult par threes here at Shoal Creek this week. So this is to get back to even for the week. Oh, yeah. Nobody took your bet. Now 14 under, leading by six. And yeah, she just bogeyed her last hole. So right now she's at minus 13. This is all showcased on Fox right now and Joe Buck on the call. As far as Tiger Woods goes, well, he's uh, done for the Memorial now. He finishes the tournament at nine under par. Bryson DeChambeau has a share of the lead. He's at minus 15. Kyle Stanley is also tied with them as it stands. French Open continues, and Novak Djokovic is done for the day. Fourth round action. Straight sets victory over Fernando Verdasco, 6-3, 6-4, and 6-2. Obviously, the NBA Finals continue tonight, guys. Game number two at (laughs) 8 o'clock Eastern. Andre Iguodala is listed as doubtful for tonight's game. Clay Thompson is questionable. LeBron James dealing with a poked eye. Still taking eye drops and also antibiotics. Major League Baseball scoreboard right now. Twins on top of the Indians 3-1. Nationals 2-1 lead. Trey Turner, his seventh home run of the season. John Lester went seven full, seven Ks, and just two hits against. Cubbies on top of the Mets in New York. 9-0, or excuse me, 9-0, 2-0 right now with a runner at first base. Gentlemen. All right, David, good stuff. Appreciate that. We're live. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Let's get him in here, former NBA head coach Vinny Del Negro, joining us now live, Fox Sports Radio. And Vinny, uh, I wonder, so the Warriors are going through um, some conversations surely right now about Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala. The Rockets did it last round with Chris Paul, where you're hoping somebody can play through an injury, um, but you have to weigh that: Am I going to hurt the team or am I going to help the team? What? How does that conversation go? Like, can you harken back to some of your days, both playing and coaching? Mm-hmm. Big game, big player. What's the line that gets created, and how do you make that decision? Well, there's conversations with the doctors, with the trainers, and obviously the player and kind of the coaching staff in terms of how healthy is this person? Can they do any you know any more damage? Iguodala's is a little bit more difficult because he's bone on bone, and that that could take a week, it could take a month, it could take three months. You just never know how those things are going to react. Where Clay's got the ankle, it's bad because it's a high ankle sprain. It was an unfortunate play. So he can maybe fight through it, but at the end of the day, is he going to do more damage? And then is he going to hurt himself for game three and game four? Or is it best to sit him? So I'm sure they'll go through the whole protocol um, with their medical staff, and then they'll make those decisions. Really, for Clay, it'll be kind of how much, how effective he can be, how he can move. Um, and then maybe he has to bring his minutes down, or maybe they sit him and rest him and try to give him a few more days till game three. It's a seven-game series, so, hey, you're not going to win the championship tonight. Every game is incredibly important, but the big picture for Golden State is always what they're looking at. Hey, Vinny. This is Olden What's up, here. Bro? How you doing? Hey, buddy. Good, bud. Um, question. <clears throat> Again, we know we know the mantra you know, as a head coach, you know it, you preach it, all the coaches. Time and score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to know time and score, yes or no? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, so, absolutely. In your professional I mean, opinion, what happened? From a coaching uh, mentality, what do you think happened with him? Um. You know, everybody, as you know, uh, Olden, uh, you know, handles situations different. Some guys, 
don't think things through as as a player and as a coach you know you know how many times a coach in practice uh in timeouts and halftime and whatever is talking about time and score two for one okay end of game situations there's 10 seconds there's five seconds we need three we need a two we're in the penalty we're not in the penalty what it is what it is and then at the free throw line you're always talking about okay get together know the next play set okay this is what we're running this is what we're not um you know there's really no explanation for it other than it's a mistake and it's a gigantic mistake and it's an unfortunate mistake uh do you have timeouts left do you not have timeouts left are you down two down one up three down three whatever it is um you know uh, the only thing is is the, the only good thing is is after george hill missed the free throw by uh you know by jr getting the rebound it didn't give golden state an opportunity to uh, win the game in regulation with 4.7 seconds to go. So <laughs> I guess you can spin it as a positive, but at the end of the day, it's an opportunity lost, and the opportunity was lost in several capacities. One, the opportunity is lost because they foul Steph Curry going to the basket. Uh, Love comes over, gives him a three-point play. LeBron, I thought, I personally thought it was a charge. I thought his shoulders were square. Durant was out of control a little bit. But the refs overturned that. It's not a play that I like. It's the only play in basketball that the refs can overturn a play after looking at the video. I don't like that. Um, I don't think that's right. Make the call. Kenny Maurer had the charge on the baseline. Brothers had the block on top. It's Kenny's call. Um, they overturned that. George Hill misses the free throw. JR obviously uh, you know, doesn't get a timeout or doesn't get a shot off at least. So a lot of blunders there, a lot of things that could have went a different way. But at the end of the day, uh, you have to make those plays and Golden State figure out a way to win. Vinny Del Negro with us. Uh, when you're a coach, Vinny, are you a believer in the plus-minus stat? I am to an extent. I mean, some coaches are very high on it. I think you have to pick your spots with that depending on who you're in the game with, uh, time and score, uh, you know, are you, you know, what kind of quality minutes um, are they, who are you going against? Are you going through against the starters or the, or the bench guys or so? Yeah, you have to look at them a little bit, but sometimes they can be skewed. Um, I always talk to young coaches or my staff about, let's trust our eyes. We know when it looks right. Are we, is our spacing good? Is the ball movement good? Because you might get some good shots and just not knock them down. And then some guys that are shot makers might make some floater, some difficult shots or whatever. So it can be a little skewed, but I always talk about trusting your eyes, understand what we're trying to do out there, why we're doing it, are we executing it the right way, and if we are, I can live with those results. If we're not, we have to make adjustments um, to put our players in a stronger position. Okay, Vinny, to follow up with that, okay, like the last series, Warriors and the Rockets, along mm-hmm. the lines of plus-minus analytics, do you think that re- that affected them with the 0 for 27 from three-point land because it was based on all their analytics of, you know, taking threes? Well, Houston, we know, is a, is a, is a big analytics uh, team. And, you know, um, Mike D'Antoni, to me, is one, one of the great offensive coaches we have in the league, and I've known Mike for years and worked with him, and he's tremendous. Um, they, you know, uh, they're going to stay with their philosophy. They're they're going to win and die by their. They, I mean, look at they won sixty plus games. They had the best record, home court advantage. Chris gets hurt. Do they win in game six or game seven with them healthy? Who knows? We'll never hurt. Injuries are part of the game. It's just the way it goes, and you have to deal with them. We've seen it for years and years, and not only basketball, but every sport. So um, he wasn't healthy. Um, so at the end of the day, the analytics are. But I think you you can't go into a series and all of a sudden say, oh. We're going to change the way we've played all year. We're going to change the – because what happens is 
as you know, old and playing for a long time, if you if I start giving you too many things, you have to start thinking. And basketball is an instinct reactive sport. Now your feet get slow, and you can't you can't rely on that. You you have to have instinct. Basketball is about instinct and movement and free flowing and things. You start thinking too much, and your feet get slow. Guess what? You're a split second late. It's over. You're done. So the Rockets have to play their style. They're going to win with it. They're going to lose with it. And if Chris was there. Would they have won? I don't know. But their chances would have been better because at the end of the day, your star players in those games have to dominate to make all the other role players better. Ariza struggled. Other guys struggled in that game. Would it have been different if Chris was out there along with Harden and made some easy shots for Harden, some easy shots for Ariza? Who knows? That's what great players do, but they didn't have one of their top players. Vinny Del Negro with us. Vinny, here's another reason why I ask about plus-minus in that game <clears throat> Uh, in game one, J.R. Smith had the worst plus-minus stat of anybody on the entire floor. So he's minus 22. He went 3 of 10 from the field. There's the play everybody knows about. He forgot the time and score. He also rolled up on Clay's ankle. He also yeah. took a very ill-advised steal attempt that led to Steph Curry hitting that three right before halftime. Like, right. all in all, it was a really tough game for him. I want to know, as a coach... You got someone like Rodney Hood who could potentially take those minutes. Yeah. How would you handle J.R. Smith going into game two? Would you have benched him? No. I, what I would do is is I would watch the film with him, you know, as a team, maybe individually, talk to him, go to lunch, go through some things like, here, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I need done for the team. And he's been a veteran guy. He knows. He's had his ups and downs. and We, we can chronicle all those things. But what he can do is he can make – tough shots look easy and when you have a guy like LeBron you know JR needs to go hit four five six three pointers uh, and and obviously maybe the leash right now is a little bit shorter for some players that are um, not producing at a high level Um, some of the mental mistakes like you talked about would bother me more in terms of the time and score obviously is one thing at the end but going for that steal at halftime those really hurt I mean those are that's just Stay in front of the guy, make him shoot over you, which he wasn't going to do. The time would have ran out. So that's three points they give up for no reason. That's a that's something we can control. That's a mental mistake, and Cleveland cannot cannot afford to have mental mistakes. Anybody, if Kevin Love's not playing well, it's the final. You have to pull these guys, no matter who they are, and they have to be on a shorter uh, time limit if they're not going to produce. And maybe he goes to Rodney Hood quicker or whatever, but. I'm not a big fan of just um, if a guy has a bad game or two and, and change your whole structure and change your whole philosophy and change your whole rotation, it's too much pressure in these situations as it is. You start tinkering too much, I think it throws the team even more out of flow. But at the end of the day, if guys aren't producing, you have to give the team the best opportunity to win and give another guy a shot. Maybe he comes out of Rodney Hood, for example, goes and you know gets 20 points in a game. He's more than capable. He's done it before. Um, but it also chose, you know, changes your rotation and changes kind of the, the feel of the team a little bit. But when you get to the finals like this, it's all about all hands on deck. What do we need to do to win? And guys have to produce. Vinny, great to have you today. Really appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes. Anytime, guys. Good to talk to you. Okay, Vinny Del Negro joining us. Mark Willard Olden, Polynesian Fox Sports Radio. And coming up next, he's an all-time great. But wait till you hear what he said about today's. Okay, with Olden Polonese, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. Good Sunday to you. We're live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Man, I'm still 
I'm still blown away by what you said a half hour ago. I have never heard. I've been waiting to. I've been waiting to find someone like you, Alden. <laughs> I've been waiting to find a guy who used to play "quote unquote" back in the day to come out and publicly say, "So yeah, today's better. Today's better." Like change happens for a reason in sports. Of the NBA didn't change the hand check rules because they're soft. They changed the hand check rules because they want you to watch the NBA. Yes. I I I cannot stand it when people are like, man, you know, the, the Jordan rules. The Model T was a great car, but yeah. I ain't putting that on the freeway right now. <laughs> That's right. Man, I used to love it when they would just beat the hell out of each other. You did? Final score. 70, I, 70, I didn't. Yeah. So, 79-77. Wow, great game. Oh, jeez. I didn't. So you said that, and therefore we're wondering here what you're going to think of this. Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson was on with Jason McIntyre, and they started talking about, you know, then versus now. And you remember the big O took a shot at Steph Curry maybe a year or two ago. And Jason got into the, all right, so, you know, where do you place kind of LeBron versus Jordan? Listen to what O said. Who was guarding Jordan? Who was guarding LeBron? You know, maybe they, maybe it's a diluted talent. When I say diluted talent, that may, may be, be, be a deficiency situation, deficiency. I don't think when you talk to all these players playing today, if you say if you had eight teams, you'd be surprised who wouldn't be playing. Okay. Diluted talent. This goes directly in contrast to something Steve Kerr sarcastically said last year. I mean, Kerr first off came out and said, I couldn't even play in today's NBA. He's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to put on a jersey. And then he sarcastically was like, Yeah, all the old guys are right. Everybody gets smaller and slower and less talented over time. Obviously, being sarcastic, <laughs> diluted, <laughs> diluted talent. Olden, what's your response to that, man? And I love Oscar, man. I love him. He's he's a hero to me, but uh, he's so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he is so wrong on this, you know. And w- w- because it's not about diluted talent. I mean, you have to always look at it like this, you know, when. All the errors, because if we go all the way back, you know, George Mikan is one of the greatest players ever. Did he have a lot of, you know, people around him that were better than him? No. <laughs> so he was a great player. Okay. That doesn't diminish the level of competition. It's just what it was back then. And so we grow from that, you know, like with the sarcasm from Steve Kerr. He's right. It, it was sarcasm, but it's a great point. You don't get worse as the years move on, you evolve, you get better. And so to me, the guys today, man, running and jumping athletically, they have us beat. Come on. They have us beat. I mean, come on. Kevin Durant is seven feet. Seven no, feet. No, no, he no. handles like you, a god. Right, so you can get mad. Oh, gosh, he's a cupcake, and he cries with about his mom, and he left. And Okay, fine. Listen. Fine. Like, have your opinion, but – we, we've never seen a seven-footer move like that. Listen. Ever. I took pride in being able to – I was the lead on the press. When we went – they don't full-court press anymore. But when I was playing, I was the head of the trap. 
okay? Okay. Which is rare for a seven-footer. You think I'm going to go up and guard Kevin Durant right now? <laughs> and he's my height. Man, you must be crazy. He's my height doing that stuff. There's no way in hell. And so to me, there has to be an evolution. And within the evolution of sports, you know, specifically basketball, we have to have an evolution of our mentality as well. We got to stop doing this, man. I Right now, I'm going to call it what it is. Oscar's hating on the young fellas right yep, now. Yep. And I don't like that. You know, again, appreciate for what it was because we appreciate you. Now, here's one I will give older cats, especially his era. I don't think we could have done what they did. And I'm talking about, like, from s- social issues. Okay, yes. And what they went through. Oh, of course. Of course. That I will give them because they had to endure all of that and still play basketball. And there was only about 70, 75 guys within the league. So, but I'm going to always give them that. And I respect that and I thank them for that. But you still, you cannot go off on young guys now. I appreciate what you're saying so much. I think there's a dynamic at play that it it actually, it hurts my heart that, and this is whatever we're talking about. You know, people from their days gone by, when you don't do it the same way in the future years, they take offense. It's as if you're telling them they did it wrong, but nothing's ever the same. So I'll give you an example. Everybody who's ever had a child will relate to this. You have a child. What happens with your parents? You're doing it differently, hell, and your parents go, hell yeah. Your parents, your parents go, hey, we did it that way, and you turned out fine. No, I didn't. Yes, yes, actually, no, mom, I've been crying for the last 20 years because of the way you did it. Like the first time we had a kid and we drop him off at my parents' house, what do they do? They drive him to the same crappy food that they raised me on, and we're like, mom, we don't do that. And you know not to do that, but she did it just because she was like, well, but no, see, we want to prove that what we did was okay. It's like, why can't we just sit with this? It's okay. We're not telling you you did it wrong. It's a new year. We know new things now. (laughs) That's it. That's all I'm trying to say. Isn't that what the big O is doing? The big O is like, we did it this way. No one's saying that that that's wrong. It's okay, Oscar. It's okay. It's okay. That's hilarious. It is, and that's the part they're not getting. It's okay. Just plain and simple as that. It's okay. All right. <laughs> Speaking of haters. Speaking of haters. Mark Willard, Alden Polonies, Fox Sports Radio. You just mentioned this in a break. We got to get to all of you warrior haters. That's coming up next. All right, in hour number two on Fox Sports Radio, we are live. Geico, Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate. Quote 877-99 on Fox. If you want to weigh in, and we'll go back to the calls in just a second. Let me pass this along. Um, there are many who have been uh, discussing this on social media today. The latest is Ramona Shelburne. Warriors won't make an official call on Clay's status until later. But everyone I talked to this morning says he's playing. She writes, because Clay always plays. (laughs) The question is how limited he is. This is an interesting poker match that they're going to play with Clay's body. 
I wonder what you think, Alden, because if I'm looking at this from the outside, I'm thinking, okay, game two, the Cavs are going to be on the hangover from what happened, all the unfortunate things down the stretch for them in game one. You're at home. The thought process is, Steph, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, you still have enough to probably go get game two without him, but he plays... Do you put in danger games three and game four, which you don't know if you can win without them? Those will be harder. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, they have home court. Until they lose a home game, it doesn't really matter. Even if it goes seven, which the NBA would love. Right. (laughs) So until you lose on your home court, it doesn't matter. I think they can win without Clay. They don't want to try it, but they can, just like they went in without Andre. And so to me – it's not like they just can't do it. They just wish they didn't have to go through that because, you know, with them, you know, it's a lot easier when you have all your guys healthy. Sure, so, sure. again, and I've always said this, every team has been trying to match up against the Warriors. And I've always said, okay, let's say, like with the Houston series, okay, let's say uh, Curry and Paul wash out. Durant and Harden wash out. Okay. You still have Draymond and Clay, all right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, let's say you have three all-stars against him. You're still going to have an all-star that you can't match up with. So they have an extra all-star versus everybody else. And in the case with um, the Cavaliers, two extra all-stars. You know, Kevin Love has a great game. LeBron has a great game, phenomenal game. Okay, Curry and Harden. I mean, Curry and um, Durant, they'll match them up. Now you still have Clay. And Draymond. Clay doesn't play, you still have Draymond. That's what I'm saying. They just have too much firepower for teams. And Durant's not even playing at a high level, and they're still winning. That's, the, again, I love the word. It's absurd <laughs> that they have this much talent, you know, within a team. And then they have guys, you know, the wild cards, you know, Nick Young. Sure. You know, the J.R. Smith of the <laughs> yeah, gosh, isn't it the great? The J.R. Smith of the West. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if when a game does go to overtime, they should have just had J.R. play Nick Young one on one? Like that could. That, let's decide this game that way, and let's see who messes this up first. That would have been phenomenal. Um, okay, can we also mention one other thing that got proven already? Remember when the Cavs play the Warriors and they both win Game Seven on the road? Mm-hmm. The number one response is. Oh, I'm, I'm sick of Cavs Warriors. And what I wrote on Twitter right before the start of game one was, no, you're not sick of this matchup, and the ratings will prove it. Can we take a look now based on just one game? Tell me you're not loving this. <laughs> Tell me you're not loving this. Look at this. But that's what we were talking about earlier, I mean, off, off mic. You know, were you going to barbecue for... That's what I said. <laughs> when we went into the Game 7s, I said, okay, I know your new blood guy. Oh, I want some new blood. Let's get some new teams in there. Okay, fine. Rocket Celtics, what are your plans for Game 1? <laughs> barbecue? You calling friends? Do you make nachos? Do you, I don't know, go to Buffalo Wild Wings? Like, wh- what are you doing for Game 1? Because my guess is a lot of you just flat out aren't even going to watch. Uh, look. You and wouldn't I always, even watch. I always look at it like this. I saw the Boston and Houston. Sure. That you were going to be limited. But with Warriors and Cavaliers, 
Everybody's <laughs> tuning in. And that's the reality of it. So come on. You said you wanted five more. Man. Cavs, I, I, Warriors, 10. Mark it down. LeBron will be 40. Um, let's do it. I don't know if it's Cavs <laughs> based on where he yeah, lands. Wherever, wherever he goes. LeBron and his team. <laughs> and <laughs> That's why I say ooh, ooh. he's he's in the whatever conversation we want to have for this era, he's the best. Can I take that opportunity to ask you, by the way, what would you do if you were him? What would you do next month if you were him? Honestly, I stay in Cleveland. Really? Yeah. I mean, so I've, I've already, already taken done, that off the board. I've already done <laughs> That's the, not even one of the multiple choice <laughs> okay, answers on not, my test. Well, per, I would say <laughs> because I've already done the, you know, going and, you know, selling my talent. I mean, <laughs> taking my talents. <laughs> I call it selling. Yeah, talent, he doesn't but, need to sell anything you know, anymore. He's so fine. Now, yeah, he's fine now. He got the championships that he wanted. He's good. Now, if you start going to different teams, especially like the Lakers, I just don't see that because the greatness that's within the Laker organization is going to be hard for him to compete with. But now, if he goes to Philadelphia, yeah, yeah but, but you got you need other pieces. But for think that. about but think about the timing of it. Yes, the Lakers have the amazing lengthy brand, but they're in a really bad rut. What if everything that LeBron has achieved in his career? You also stick on the end of it. Oh, by the way, I also revived the Lakers yeah, at the end would, of my career. That would be good, but still, you got a guy with two jerseys retired, so it's going to be kind of hard. But it, it's doable. Yeah. But I really don't see him going to Philadelphia because now Ben Simmons is not the same player anymore because he needs the ball in his hand. Right. And LeBron definitely needs the ball in his hand. Well, I've heard LeBron goes to become 34 next year, might be open to playing off the ball a little bit more for the final few years of his career. 34 is the new 24 for LeBron. You're right. You're right. Shoot. But uh, I'll tell you what. If I'm LeBron James, if there was any shred of thought left in my head of staying in Cleveland, the second I saw J.R. Smith grab a rebound and run for the liquor store, I immediately go, yeah, no, that's a message from the gods. I'm not supposed to stay here because, by the way, he'll still be here next year. I'm not playing. I'm not putting my legacy in that guy's hands. You know what? He's done a great job of not throwing, you know. A I fit? mean, he does throw teammates under the bus, but he does it, you know, like, in a nice way. Yeah, the facial expression on the court was yeah, plenty there. it's a lot vicariously done. But this was the first time I saw that outward expression of anger and what the hell are you doing? Right. You know, it's like I think that was at that moment he realized, oh, snap, I'm playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> 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 All right. Mark Willard, Olden Polities, Fox Sports Radio. Alex Marvez in 20 minutes. <clears throat> um, earlier we were asking anybody, take your best shot. Like, I, I'm, I'm so fascinated to hear anybody who still thinks LeBron is lacking something as a basketball player. Like, take your best shot. What is it? Uh, Mike in Washington wants to try. Mike, thanks for calling. What's up? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to try to take that on. And, and two things right out of the gate. I grew up a Detroit Pistons fan, so I hated Michael Jordan. Okay. I'm probably about as LeBron neutral as you can get. I, I recognize his greatness. I think he's a phenomenal player. But to me, there is something that's missing. I don't know if you want to call it in the head or in his heart or whatever. But there's moments, and it happened in game one as well, where he just overthinks it and he doesn't let his skill 
take over. And there was a guy, he was about six feet from the bucket. There was a, a defender between him and one of his teammates who was underneath. And instead of just taking it up, maybe even shooting a little jumper or whatever, he tried passing it. The ball got deflected and stolen, and Golden State ran it back and, and scored. And there are too many of those moments for LeBron to where he does that. If you go back and watch any 50 of his games, you're going to find in about 80% of them he has what I call that moment. And we can't compare LeBron and Michael as far as the skill set goes. They're two, two completely different players. But as someone who hated Michael Jordan growing up as a Detroit Pistons fan, I, I recognize where Michael really separated himself. He inspired or motivated, I don't care if you want to call it fear, you know, punching Steve Kerr in the face, whatever, but he inspired people to play beyond their talent. And LeBron doesn't do that. He, he makes wow. people better because he's on the court, because he's so great that people are just going to have to play up on him, and that makes his other teammates better. But he doesn't inspire them to play beyond who they really are. Yeah, gosh, I couldn't I couldn't disagree with that one more first off. And second of all, Mike, so am I correct? You watched him play the other night and he scored 51 8 and 8. And your takeaway was Remember that one play where he went in the lane and passed instead of shooting? <laughs> that was your takeaway yes, yes. of LeBron's game the other night. Yes, because, no, 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 not my takeaway. I'm just saying he has those moments. You so, have to recognize that. And, and, and the, other, the, other greats, the other greats of the game never turned the ball over or never made poor decisions? No, they do. They, they have. This is, this is an, I think this is an a ongoing issue with okay. LeBron, not just something that happens occasionally. If you go back and select 50 of his games, I bet you in 40 of them you will find those moments where he should have done, he overthinks it. He doesn't let his skill set take over. I play with a guy like that. I still play basketball. We've got a guy, he's got the sickest handle I've ever seen. He can shoot. He's got unbelievable body control. And I've had to tell him this. He's like, well, I was trying not to be too, you know, too of a ball hog. I'm like, hey, we're losing, and no one here in the gym can stay with you. So yeah, my, him- Mike, Mike, uh, apologies to your rec league. I, I don't know if that necessarily translates to, to, to what we're talking about. Thank you uh, very much for checking in. I think maybe Mike might be overthinking it, not He's LeBron. I'm over- pretty sure Mike is the one overthinking it. Like- but, but you know what it is? Again, it speaks to LeBron's greatness. People are going to reach. Well, and it's also, it's also social media. Like I've always, this is what, if you ask me, what's the number one thing that makes LeBron more impressive than a lot of the greats gone by is they never dealt with this. LeBron is not judged on his career. He's not judged on a season. He's not judged on a game. He's judged possession by possession. Nobody ever dealt with that. Nobody ever dealt with that. It's like every single thing. And that's what I'm saying. Again, I'm not on the bandwagon, but I, I'm kind of like next to it right now. I'm looking at it because I'm like, you know what? Everything that I used to criticize, again, I used to always look at it from the standpoint of this guy could be the greatest thing I've ever seen. You know, but sometimes he took he took time off. He took plays off. And that was because he was young. I still remember when he used to bite his nails. He doesn't do that anymore, you know, because he's grown. He's learned. So that's why. So I can't keep criticizing because I'm seeing the growth and I'm seeing the improvement. I've seen. So it's like, again, I'm looking at it with common sense. 
Well, and so I can't criticize that's, him. That's why everybody's disagreeing with you. You're using the old common sense. Oh, yeah. You know, you know uh, he yeah. died a long time ago, <laughs> yeah, right? Yes, he did. <laughs> All right. Mark Willard, Olden Polonese, Fox Sports Radio, Alex Marvez in 15 minutes. But wait till you hear this. And Olden, you haven't even seen this yet. I can't wait to share with you next year's NBA championship odds. I saw it. Oh, boy. <laughs> do they tell a story. Oh, yeah. That's next. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, Alex Marvez in 10 minutes. So I'm pretty sure you could guess who the favorite is to win the NBA title next year. Who do you think that is, Holden? <clears throat> um, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> Boy, let me put my warrior hat on. <laughs> okay. All right, so you got that one. Who's second? Um, Actually, there's two teams tied at second, both seven to two odds. Philadelphia, definitely, and the Rockets were what they did with the Warriors. Okay, nicely done. That's correct. Then there's a team in fourth position at eight to one. Who do you think that is? Ooh, eight to one. And I'm not looking at my screen right now. So yeah. eight to one. Ooh. Fourth position as far as NBA favorite next year. Okay. Warriors, Warriors, Philadelphia. Oh no, not the Cavaliers. Lakers, Celtics. Cel- oh, don't don't man, forget I about Celtics. Don't forget and the Kyrie. Celtics. That's right. They get those the two guys Celtics back. get uh, Irving and Hayward back. Nice acquisitions, uh, and who knows, maybe Kawhi as well. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so there's the Celtics. Number five, number five. Who do you think that is? What do you think's number five at twenty to one to win the championship next year? Oh, that's the Lakers. It is the Los Angeles Lakers. Is anybody noticing the team that's not there? <laughs> Raise your hand <laughs> if you could tell me the team. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Hang on. Let's go to number six. Also at twenty to one. What do you think that is? Uh. Yeah, Miami Heat. Oh. The Miami Heat. Okay, let's find, let's do one more. I'm sure they're there. Let's go to number seven at 25 to one. This must be them. Go ahead and say it. Who do you think that is? It's not the Cavaliers. It's not the Cavaliers. <laughs> I know they had 30 it's, to one. I remember the, that. <laughs> it's the San Antonio Spurs. It seems to me that it seems to me that Vegas is trying to tell us something, and I think most of us sports fans have learned when Vegas tells us something, it would be smart to listen. Yes. Um, the number one thing that jumps off of this board, LeBron is gone. LeBron is gone gone here's what we know in just the last four days a vegas is telling you that the cavaliers are not one of the top seven favorites to win the title next year b lebron james went public with the idea that he told the team not to trade kyrie irving c lebron went public that he told the team not to get rid of david griffin d he phrased his relationship with dan gilbert the owner as quote a working relationship mm-hmm. let me throw in e J.R. smith doesn't know the score <laughs> lebron james 
is gone. And Vegas is also trying to guess where he's going to go. And it seems they believe... They believe it's the Sixers. If I'm reading this correctly, because the Rockets, the Rockets being the second favorite, that's already what they are now. They were they were a breath away from beating the Warriors and being the favorite in the title. And the Lakers at twenty to one is clearly a nod for LeBron might come, and we think you're going to get Paul George. But the Sixers being even with the Rockets. I mean, I would favor the Celtics over the Sixers if everybody just comes back with what we know you have. Yeah, They're telling you that LeBron, they think, is going to Philly, aren't they? And you're right. If Vegas says it, it <laughs> yes. I don't know how they know and how they do it, but it's usually on point. And that's pretty much what it is. I mean, you look at all the teams that are on this list. I mean, those are championship caliber teams, you know, the top six or seven. And then after that, it's like the the dreamers, and Cleveland being that far down, that doesn't bode well for him staying. No, and actually, if they really thought he was going to L.A., wouldn't the Lakers be higher than the Heat? The Heat? No, they are. No, they're both twenty oh, to one. Well, yeah, twenty. They're to even. One. Okay. They're both twenty to one. Yeah. I mean, the Miami Heat. What the heck are they going to do next year? There's, Why are the Miami Heat on this list? So there was that talk he might go back. Oh, there. so that's even a nod to like, yeah. well, if the Lakers and Heat are even and the chances of the Lakers and Heat getting LeBron are even, then they're not very good. Hey, listen, it, it, it's impressive all the way. And again, this is why I'm on the side of the bandwagon now. <laughs> this dude is the needle. That's actually a great nickname. I like that better than the chosen one. Yes, he's, he's the needle. The, he is the only person, and he's he's helped create something it. that's never happened in sports. The NBA last year stayed relevant for twelve months, and it's going to continue this year. Mm-hmm. When you're able to do that as a sports league to stay relevant, no matter what other leagues are in play, you are still being talked about. And that's all due to this guy. Well, I'll, I'll take you a step further. Um, July is going to generate more NBA traffic than June. Than June. Yep. June is the NBA Finals. And most NBA fans I know are already waiting for the fireworks of July, July 4th. July 1st. <laughs> They're already waiting. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Producer Rob, you said you have odds on where LeBron's going. Now, I'm always interested by this because that – like, you can't actually go bet on that, though, right? I know they produce odds, but my understanding is you can't bet in Vegas on something where a, a human being has power over how it plays out. Correct. All of okay. these odds are those offshore accounts that you see, the Bovada, the Shark, that kind of stuff. All right, so what are they? LeBron, where he goes next year, these are the odds. Yes, these are the five teams you can bet on. Number one, the best odds, the Sixers. There you go. At plus 150. The Cavs at plus 175. Wow. The Rockets at plus 250, the Lakers at plus 550, and Mark, you'll appreciate this last one, at plus 1,600. I know what it is. The Golden State Warriors. I knew it. That's ridiculous, by the way. By the way, this is the biggest argument that Broussard and I ever got in is when he brought that up, and I was like, Warrior fans don't want him. Oh, no. And he was like, Don't need him. He's like, why, why would, why, what, you're wrong, that's ridiculous. And so we did, we did some polling, and it was like, I mean, it was like 85% to 15 
Be, be, there are so many dynamics as to why the Warriors would not even want LeBron James. They're already criticized on a daily basis for it not being fair. Okay. I have two questions. Okay. One, who do you get rid of? That's right. That's right. bring him on. <laughs> and two, even if you uh, don't get rid of anybody. How about Zaza? So I'll, I'll, I'll trade Zaza for look, LeBron. Even if... Even if you don't get rid of anybody, so you throw LeBron James into the the Hampton, the new the Hampton, Hampton five, Six, the Hampton Six, the Hampton Six. So your starting lineup is Clay, Steph, Draymond, Draymond LeBron, LeBron, and Kevin Durant. Who the hell's gonna play against them? <laughs> it's, just, it's so stupid. But I tell you this also. I tell you this also. Like in Golden State, and this is a dynamic that I think oh. is actually starting to weigh on Durant a little bit. Durant in Golden State is just like LeBron was in Miami. Miami, LeBron was the best player, but Wade was the guy. Wade was the guy the fans loved. It's the exact same thing in Golden State. In fact, there are probably two of them. They like even Clay better. It's like we we see your greatness, but you're not our guy. guy. We didn't draft you. We didn't build you up. You know, you didn't. Come in here and grew. Well, and remember what kind of a fan base we're talking about. We're talking about a fan base that sat there for like 40 years and never won a thing. Yeah. And then here come these two guys called the Splash Brothers, and they created a championship. That's it. Poof. That's it. They're the guys. And a guy who probably would have been out the NBA if he had gone anywhere else in Draymond. Right. Well. Undersized. No, because teams would You're not right. have given him the chance. You're right. The Warriors, well, he wasn't even going to get the chance with Golden State. He only got that because David Lee got David hurt. David Lee got hurt, yeah. And so, but I'm saying he would not have gotten even that far anywhere else. So, to me, you're right. It is it's similar to the Miami thing with LeBron. And I think that's what's starting to affect Durant a little bit, you know. Um, I think he's thinking too much yep. about that, you know. With what he did last year, and and it's creeping in there. You know, people are talking, and he's listening. And that's a problem I have with him. He listens too much to social media and criticism, you know, from trolls. And to me, you got to rise above that stuff, man. Hell, I know some general managers in the NBA who did oh, the same hey. thing. But anyway, <laughs> um, all right. Brian Colangelo. Alex Marvez in just a minute. Mark Willard, Olden Polynesian Fox Sports Radio. But right now, right now, probably the best guest we're going to have all day long. His name is David Gascon. Hey. And he's going to come in here, and he is going to set the whole damn thing straight, okay? Hey, we know some NBA team presidents that need to rise above social media, at least hey, one, in, one in Dallas. I anyway. mean, that's don't we all? <laughs> let's all rise above social media. Yeah, just just for today. <gasps> I see what you did there, Mark, yeah. but I do not have any Yankees highlights and the oh, reason why is because oh, they are not rising just yet. Their game today was postponed due to bad weather. Anyways, oh. we're gonna start off with golf anyway, at least on the ladies' side of things. Hard to believe, but through this brilliant playing, area Jutanagarn is one over on the difficult par threes here at Shoal Creek this week, so this to get back to even for the week. Nobody took your bet. Now 14 under 
leading by six. Yeah, Joe Buck on the call, courtesy of Fox, and she is at minus 13, four strokes in front of second place. As far as the memorial goes, Bryson DeChambeau is your winner. He wins are actually, I beg your pardon, they're actually going to one-hole playoff. Uh, he's got it right now. He's a share of the lead at minus 15. Kyle Stanley is also there. Meanwhile, switching on over, you got the French Open that's continuing. Oh, it's you know, a little bit of a weather delay, but on the men's side of things, Novak Djokovic, he cruised to a straight sets victory in round number four, 6-3, 6-4, 6-2. In Major League Baseball, going final cubbies over the Mets, 2-0. John Lester picked up the W with seven strikeouts in seven innings. Braves doubled up the Nationals, 4-2. Blue Jays 8, Tigers 4. As I mentioned, Yankees and Orioles postponed until August. And then, of course, game number two tonight, NBA Finals. Tip-off time at 8 o'clock Eastern. Andre Iguodala, doubtful. Clay Thompson, questionable. LeBron James, a one-man gang. I love uh, when baseball does something like that. Can you imagine <laughs> doing that in another sport? No. Like, oh, sorry, game two of wait, the NBA Finals wait. has been postponed till September. But, but remember when UCLA and Miami had that happen? Yeah, I Edwin James, the tornado, the hurricanes. Uh, um, and then Miami upset them down in uh, down in Florida. Later in the year, yeah, absolutely. Cade McNown. Um, oh, yeah, hey, UCLA um, fans remember it very, very well. Hey, um, but, all right. Thanks, Dave. Good stuff. Yes, sir. By the way, yeah, DeChambeau won. He did? Yeah. It's over? 12-foot birdie putt. Did Tiger win? <laughs> uh, Tiger. <Yeah. laughs> Never mind then. All right. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We don't really want to bring in Alex Marvez, Sirius XM NFL Radio. We also want to thank him. Uh, Alex, you're allowing us to take a break from Cavs Warriors uh, for a minute for the first time all day, and so we appreciate that. Let me ask you this. It's just a rumor. He clearly wants it. Dez and the Niners. Is it going to happen? I just don't see it happening. I mean, at least at this point. Listen, San Francisco already has some wide receiver talent, and on top of that, you know, is Dez the right guy to bring into the culture of your locker room? And I, I just don't know. If really at this point the 49ers, you know, if you bring in Dez, you have to make Dez one of the focal points of your offense, in my opinion. He has never had a supplementary role in his NFL career. I just feel like if it's not broken, don't fix it. Then again, it's not my money. Alex Marvez joining us, Sirius XM NFL. I saw something from Manziel this week, and we know he played for the first time in a CFL preseason game. But Alex, I, I looked at it and I went, oh, darn. Nope, he's not ready yet. He's 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 still not mature enough. He's taking trash talk on a field and then discussing it with the media afterward, telling them I'm not going to be pushed around. Like professional athletes know there's going to be trash talk, you just deal with it and then and then you move on. Uh, I saw that and I thought that's got to be a concern, no? Mark, think about it like this. 32 NFL teams, everyone desperate to find answers at quarterback. Nobody would sign him. He may have worked out in front of a bunch of people based upon his agent getting him into some pro days and people trying to offer a hand up, but nobody would touch him. This is one of those reasons why he needs to grow up. But I don't, you know, and that's the thing, too. I mean, like it's not Texas A&M anymore where you can draw with fans. I mean, you have to really be concentrating on your craft and, uh, you know, again, there's a lot of work with this young man. Let's not just, you know, let's hope he learns from it. Let's move on. But let's be realistic about this as well. He is not penciled in as a starter. There are no guarantees for him in the CFL, and no NFL team would touch him. He was nuclear. Remember that.
Hey, Alex, Olden here. Uh, my question is yeah. kind of a funny one, but I need to know. Clay Matthews, <laughs> I mean, if you play a softball game, uh, you breaking your nose in a softball game. What's going on there? How about no, no net? I mean, think about this. a charity softball game, no protection for the players. Yep. How far away was he when he threw that pitch, right? I mean, <laughs> so hopefully, I mean, they're so, so sloppy uh, on that. I mean, listen, and the sad part is that that may become the, uh, you know, the way that the season is remembered. It began with a broken nose and ended up down on the mat. You know, if the Packers don't win this year, Mike McCarthy, does he return as head coach? You know, no guarantees under a new general manager. Maybe Brian Gutenkust has his own ideas of where he wants to take this Packers organization. And, of course, now all eyes focused on Aaron Rodgers. Report comes out this week that he wants a contract that gives him the flexibility to renegotiate if others pass him on the salary chart during his NFL career. We'll see if the Packers go for it. They've always gotten his deal done in advance two years out from when his contract was set to expire. We'll see if this becomes a hurdle that everyone can overcome. Alex, uh, the attorney for Colin Kaepernick in the collusion case promised a, quote, dramatic turn. What what do you think's going on there? What could that be? What's the status of that? Yeah, I, that's where, you know, honestly, I really don't know. And I'm fascinated by this. If they came across a document that shows teams, you know, that, that you know, discuss let's not sign Colin Kaepernick because it's bad for business, that would be collusion. You know, each individual team can make a decision on their own whether they want to sign Colin Kaepernick. But if it's shown or proven that, you know, that, yes, indeed, there were two teams that talked and said this is bad for the league or let's not do this because of our, you know, our fan base or losing sponsors, whatever it is, you know, you know, that becomes collusion. And then the NFL is liable for damages and it makes them look absolutely terrible as well. And once again, we continue to talk about Colin Kaepernick, continue to talk about the national anthem. You know, so many times it's not about football, and that's where I think week one of the NFL season is headed. It's not going to be about the game itself. It's going to be about the anthem. And once again, the NFL can't get out of its own way Mm. by introducing an anthem policy that makes some sense. You know what? Great point, and I want to touch on that a little bit more. Okay, they came up with this rule, right? So now, I mean, players are going to sit in the the locker room now, right? They, They can do that. They can choose to do that. Sure, but let's remember two here. Eight players were the ones at the end of the season that were making, you know, some sort of statement during the national anthem, you know, social activism, whatever you want to call it, you know, whether it be, you know, Marshawn Lynch sat, you know, in Mexico City when the anthem was played. We've had players raise their hand during the anthem. We know all the different mechanisms, you know, or machinations, rather, of how this all plays out. Uh, you know, but, the, you know, the NFL, there's, there's other things to this. Listen, let's think about it like this, and this is where the league really failed to address a lot of the long-term problems with this. Uh, you know, look, let's say there's another Ferguson situation or something that, you know, is a local controversy involving police, let's say, and players want to make a statement, and everyone votes to stay in the locker room. I mean, think about something like that that, you know, becomes, again, it becomes a social statement, you know, during the anthem. My feeling was that they should have just said, nobody comes out for the anthem. That's it. We'll go to the rules since 2009. That's when we put in the yes. new rule on the anthem. Let's just take it out. Let's not mess with this because there's just too many other ways this thing is going to transform itself over the next few months. Uh, Yeah, Alex Marvez. I want to ask you also about the Patriots, Alex. So Gronk confirmed he'll be at minicamp. We still don't know exactly uh, what's going on with Brady. Is he mad? Is he not? Is there something else going on? I, I hear a lot of people predicting, boy, this is going to affect the Patriots this year. And I feel like it's people who actually just want to believe that as opposed to having something tangible about it. How do you think all of this actually affects the Patriots, or are they just going to look the exact same again next year? 
Uh, they'll probably look the exact same again <laughs> next year, although, you, you know, really, I mean, you have to go with, with what history has shown us, right? But then again, in, in history of the Patriots and, you know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, you've never seen a schism the way that you have with the way that Brady is handling the offseason. It's just so icy between the two. And, you know, that may stem from, the I believe, in the, the way that Tom Brady wants to train in the offseason. I think he's unhappy about money that he feels he deserves to be paid more, and the Patriots have not compensated him like they ha- like the NFL has. The other teams have, have paid some of their top-tier quarterbacks. That That's now coming into play. You know, the Malcolm Butler thing lingers. I mean, there's a lot going on there behind the scenes, but ultimately what Bill Belichick is able to do is get everyone focused game to game, week to week, come up with different game plans, and basically not make as many mistakes as the opposition, and that's usually how the Pats win. I don't see it changing. Alex, great stuff. Great to have you. Thank you as always. Gentlemen, take care. Thank you. Alex Marvez, Sirius XM NFL Radio, joining us on Fox Sports Radio with Olden Polonese, Mark Willard. And coming up next, I've called it the tuck rule of basketball. We'll explain that and discuss it coming up next. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. I got to admit, I am surprised. Sam Emick, three minutes ago, all signs continue to point to Clay Thompson playing tonight in Game 2 of the Finals. But how will he look? Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised that he's going to play uh, for two reasons. One, he was so sure he was going to play, and then yesterday he was so not sure that he was going to play. It was trending in the wrong direction. And number two, it seems a little risky. It seems risky, and the Warriors are not in a position where they have to take risks. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's playing, but it's, it's a little surprising to me uh, that, that he is. Um, I did some poking around yesterday, uh, as many others did. I mean, Clay just came out and said it himself, but I did some poking around, and uh, the word I got back on Clay is it is very, very sore. Very sore. You said something interesting to me, though, earlier when you're talking about these injuries and guys playing through it at big moments. You said Chris Paul should have played. He should have just taped it up real tight and go. Can you? Because at the end, it's a pulled hamstring. It wasn't a pulled hamstring. It's some new thing they came out with. A strain. I don't <laughs> even know what that is. A strain. What's a strain? I don't know. I mean, it's not good. It hurt. Look, he couldn't walk when he left the floor four Listen, nights earlier. Okay, and you know I hate doing this, but I'm gonna go back a little bit in the history books. Willis Reed. Oh boy. <laughs> Had way worse. He came out. He didn't play the rest of the game, but (laughs) just the fact that he walked out there was such a lift for his team. They won the title. Okay. I'm not saying Chris should have played 40 minutes, but I think he should have went out there, even for psychological reasons. I hear you. Start the game, have the Warriors. Now you have the Warriors thinking about him. Do Do you place this same thought on Kawhi Leonard this year? Oh, Kawhi's thing was more personal. You know, that's, you know, the, the chink in the armor. You know, we finally saw it from the San Antonio Spurs. He got, he basically got called out by the team. And so he, he, he got in his feelings. That's all that was. You mm. know, they were questioning his toughness. Sure. And, Which yeah. I actually, to side with Kawhi, 
It's crazy to me. I've always wondered, you know, and, and, and I think we've moved into a time in sports where nobody builds up any capital anymore. Oh. That's what I mean by LeBron is judged possession to possession. So you can go to eight straight finals, and then you miss a shot in the fourth quarter, and you're like, gosh, this guy's an absolute jerk. And like, what are you talking Like, did he, not, did he not build up anything with you for, for eight years? Kawhi Leonard didn't speak his whole career. Yeah. All he did was play. All he did was be a finals MVP when he wasn't even supposed to be one of the main players on your team. And the first thing that happened that you didn't like they hucked him under yeah. a bus, and I was in support like, of what? him. I was in support of him sitting out. It's like if you don't feel it, you sit out. I understand that, you know, because I'm not a big proponent of teams anyway. Because organizations will always look. first thing out their mouths whenever something happens with the player, right? Say you know Kawhi gets a DUI, whatever. God forbid, anything yep. crazy. Yep. We're gonna do what's best for the organization. That's the standard response. Sure. They always do what's best for the organization. So now when players are doing what's best for themselves, it's a problem. And that's why Kawhi did what he did because they took it, like you said, he felt he had built enough equity, you know, within the Spurs yeah, organization. Yeah, like have, my back. have yeah. my back. And they didn't Supposed do that. my teammates. Yeah. Um, Tony Parker crushed him. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Tony was like, I I had the same in. Yeah, but but and mine was a thousand times worse. It's like, how do you know that? How do you know what he's feeling? Yeah. I did, the whole thing was so weird to me. All right, Mark Willard, Olden Polonies, Fox Sports Radio. So I wonder what your thought is on this. You know, every fan comes out of every playoff game thinking that they got hosed by the officials. That's a rule of watching sports. Mm. You root for a team. You think the announcers are against you and the officials are against you. That's how you feel at the end of a game. So um, that's fine. There were some rough calls down the stretch of that game. And so if you're rooting for Cleveland and you didn't like it, I totally understand that. But when we get to the whole review thing, and Vinny Del Negro earlier on our show even mentioned this, it's the only call in the entire NBA where you can go to review and come out and change a judgment call. Did you even know that existed? I didn't know that that existed, and now I'm wondering, why does that exist? It's the tuck rule of basketball, which is that the officials called it absolutely correctly, but that doesn't change that it's a horrid rule. Why does that exist? Even with the correction and the, the, the change, it was still interpreted wrongly. How so? Because from way back when, when they first, before uh, replays, if you have two opposing calls, you go to a jump jump ball. ball, but that wasn't why they went to review. So a lot no, of they went get, into review. They went for to review was was he was in the restricted, in the restricted area. area, right? And then all of a sudden, then the secondary trigger was: Did he have put, put, uh, the right position? Right? Was it? It was it a charge or was it a block? Yeah. So in that situation, then it becomes a judgment call. You know, yeah. uh, his shoulder was this. I'm like, you know what? Again, it was the wrong call all the way around. It was bad. You know, but at the end of the day, what they should have done was just jump it up at center. Well, except for that, it, I don't know that it was uh, conflicting calls because the one who called the block, he he. Oh, Tony's always going to punk he, out. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a, wait a minute, why do you say that? Because that's what he does. He's Oh, man, please. Don't get me started, man. No, I think I'd like to get you started. I would <laughs> oh, like to get you started. I'd like to hear about oh, this. Oh, he's a punk. Oh, he's one of the worst. 
He's one of the worst referees. Now, why do you say that? Because he is. No, I had I him mean, personally. Yeah, he's like, just a bad referee. <laughs> which, he's just a bad which, referee. And then he, means, lets his, he lets his personal feelings get involved in the game. Okay. And I don't like that. You don't, And that's one of the problems with um, refereeing in the NBA. A lot of these guys take this thing personally. Like, you know, people, fans pay to see them. That's their attitude. Fans pay to see them. And I hate that. Dude, do your job. And he's one of the worst I've ever seen. So you, when you say that, you mean like whether he likes a guy or whether he doesn't like a guy is affecting his call? Oh, of course. Of course it does. And if you don't show him respect, oh, he's going to hose you. Really? I hate stuff like that, man. I hate that. I There's do a too. a bunch of those guys like that. I, I do too. I just always hear that from fans, and fans don't actually know that that's the truth. It's interesting to hear it from someone who's actually getting fouls called oh, on them by the guy. It's crap, man. He He's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's amazing. All right, no, yeah, I did. I got you started. Okay, more on that coming up in just a second. Um, also, Fred McLeod, Cavs Voice TV, joins us next hour. And hey, you Warrior haters, we got a question for you. That's coming up next. All right, coming up in a half hour, Fred McLeod, Cavaliers play-by-play voice, Fox Sports Ohio. I can't wait to ask him. What did you say when Jr. grabbed the ball and started running for the tunnel? <laughs> like, what, like, how did you call that one? Um, Fred will join us in 30 minutes. Mark Willard, Olden Polonese, Live Geico, Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. So uh, we ended up uh, talking a little bit about your love for Tony Brothers, but uh, <laughs> um, I was thinking this. Like, what a weird rule that just got kind of shoved into the book that nobody knows about and are we realizing what that opens up the door to like if we're okay with that oh let me check the restricted area oh while i'm here let me change this pass interference call let me change this holding call let me change uh you know let me let me change this foul call these are judgment calls. We've not gone that route yet in sports yeah. where you can review judgment calls, judgment calls defined by something where two people could look at the exact same thing and interpret it differently, not black and white as in did his foot touch first base before the ball hit the glove, things like that. This could really change a lot of things if suddenly people were to see this and decide, yeah, this is this is the way we should do it. Okay. Mark, how come no one's ha- asked the question, okay, the elephant in the room? When they go over, okay, you have three referees. They go over to the screen. They put their headset on. Somebody's telling them what to do. Are they? Why put the headphones on? I mean, maybe they're listening to the, <laughs> listening to listening to the sounds of the game. <laughs> no. Somebody, because they go to New York, right? Well, is that I don't even know from sport yeah. to sport who's actually. I know in That's baseball, what doing. in baseball, the decision is made in New York. Uh, in basketball, but, not there. but in basketball, who's actually making the decision? New York is, but well, is that what's happening? You're saying, or that's what's supposed to happen? New York's making the call. The referees are supposed to make the call. That's what I thought. Yes, but that's not what they're doing. So you everything think, is being told to them. You think okay. there is a secret Man. New York? Uh, a review official in the NBA. They should have left things the way they were, man. Forget all this instant replay stuff for basketball because it's so arbitrary, man. Okay, if I 
This is a foul. I'm hitting my hand right now. I hit my hand one time. It's a foul. I hit it again. It's not a foul. It's back to back, but it's a foul this time. But it wasn't a foul. It's just it's too much. It's just you you can't get any consistency. And so with that block charge rule, that's one of the hardest one to, to to call actually. And so I understand them having that in play to try and get it correct, but. You can't make that call, and within the letter of the law, which is supposed to be a jump ball when there's a conflict, you know, within the two calls. And so it worked out in the Warriors' favor, but the, it should have been a jump ball at center court no matter what. I mean, you could make the case that it's very highly likely if it was a jump ball, the Warriors probably would have gotten it. It's Kevin Durant that was yeah. jumping. He's seven feet tall. Is it? it yeah, you could say that. There's so many variables that happen within that game, but I just, that rule, I don't think that rule actually, you know, won or lost the game for anybody, but it's just the fact that it's a bad look. Well, yes. You know, <laughs> yes. that's what it yes. is. It's more of that the than whole, anything else. The whole last because five look, minutes was a bad look. If it was a 20-point game, does it matter? No. Of course it, not. It doesn't matter, but be, within the framework of when it happened, that is just a really Well, bad it's interesting, too. It goes against everything that happens in playoff basketball with officiating down the stretch. Um, you know, James Harden, why does he have trouble in the playoffs? I believe it's because too much of James Harden's game is based on getting calls. Yeah. And therefore, when you get late in playoff series, late in the year, officials are going to call less. Why are, why are they going to call less? They're going to call less because officials don't want to walk away from a game going, we just decided that game yes. with a whistle, which is exactly what they ended up doing. They ended up doing. Which is yes. exactly the look they're trying not to put out there. Can I give you my personal opinion on that play? Absolutely. It was a block. It was a block. It was a block. Oh, it was. LeBron was moving into him I, as he drove. That's why I call it the tuck rule. It was called correctly by the letter of the rules of the NBA. It's just a horrible rule that yeah. none of us knew. Yes, it was a block. Yeah. It was 100% a block. But in real time, it was called a charge. And I think Warriors and their fans need to swallow the idea that that was the call because LeBron got called for a couple things a minute earlier that were terrible that went in the Warriors' favor. So it ended up all going in their favor. Like you said earlier, no they, one's ever going to be happy with the, exactly, <laughs> with exactly. the officials. No, they're not. <laughs> all right, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. I had this question because uh, my partner yesterday and I, we got a lot of mileage uh, talking to basketball fans about which warrior you dislike and why. I'm fascinated by this because in a four-year period, the same period of time that a president is in office, for instance, and you see how America's opinion will usually change about somebody who's in office from year one to year four. Oh, year one, it's exciting. It's new. It's almost like a relationship. You're dating someone. Year one, oh, everything's new. I love this person. You get a new boss. Oh, he's wonderful, isn't he? Yeah. How about four years from now when he keeps turning down all your vacation requests? Things change during those four years. This has happened to the Warriors. Who were they four years ago? Oh, they're soft and they're cuddly and they're homegrown. Oh, my gosh. They just, poof, they just grew out of the ground and they pass and the ball flies all over the place and they splash. This is so fun. Four years later, they're the most 
hated team in sports. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I pass the Patriots now with uh, the Warriors. There is more vitriol surrounding this team than any other team in sports right now. There are some obvious things. Draymond wears on people. You don't like that KD joined a better team. But let's go deeper. What changed? And Olden, I wonder for you. You like the Warriors, yes, I as do I. But how do you view them differently? And you can all weigh in on this, 877-99 on Fox. How do you view them now versus how you viewed them four years ago? <laughs> There's a little bit more arrogance. Uh, and that comes with winning championships and having a great team. You start, you know, feeling your, yourself a little bit. And it, it's human nature. But, again, I'm still going to be a fan because I do enjoy how they play. I get frustrated in the fact that they take the game sometimes for granted. Okay. Um, with the lackadaisical plays, you know, the, the errant passes, they just the nonchalant attitude. And so – but they also they're able to turn it around. They turn it, you know, like that third quarter, boy, the three minutes of <laughs> madness that they put together. Right. You know, they press that turbo button. It's like so you appreciate that, but there has been changes, you know. You again, the first year you're right. It's like, oh my God, they're cute and cuddly. Oh, look at Steph. <laughs> That's you right. know, Steph was like, you know, he's the babyish oh, you know, yeah. the baby face assassin. Little daughters are cute now, up there on the on the podium and now I he's Malcolm X. That's right. <laughs> Aisha's got a cooking show. Now everybody's like, Will you yeah, get, like, get those oh girls and get them out of here? I'm trying to write a, a story. I don't need any more Aisha and Steph. I'm good. Well, uh, Look okay. At look at them brats. Let me. You know? That's right. That's right. Snot nosed little kids. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you this: Are they more arrogant? I know that seems like an easy answer. It seems like an easy answer. Is Clay Thompson more arrogant? Because all I keep hearing is he wants to sign an extension for less money. Draymond Green is he more arrogant? I'm pretty sure Draymond has always been this way. You just didn't know him yet. Kevin Durant. Is phenomenal wasn't there for the first two years. He is here for these next two years. I don't know if he's arrogant. He doesn't say a whole lot. He's super sensitive. That's strange to people. I get it. Does this center around Steph? Like when I ask you, what do you see that's more arrogant? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Steph. It is Steph. The shimmy. Yeah. The shimmy wasn't there four years ago? The shimmy was there, but I think there's a level of arrogance now we know we're better than you, you know? And it's it's a tough sell because it's kind of like that confidence that uh, leans over to this side and becomes right. arrogant. Because I hear people say this about LeBron too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and I, so, I'm always like, but, but, but he is better. But you need <laughs> that to be a great – I've always said this, man. To be great, you have to be two things. You have to be arrogant. You have to be selfish. To be great, you just have to be. Great players – have that guys that aren't great <laughs> not really selfish or they just selfish by themselves but you have to have a level of arrogance of like i am the man and so i think as steph goes so does the warriors and so to me he's the alpha of that team steph is steph not draymond oh no steph steph is the alpha. i mean he is the one who was struggling for the first game and a half or so against houston and when he finally kicked it into overdrive, second half yeah. of the game, what did he do? He screamed. That was game three uh, against, and it was the first game at Oracle. And what did he do in the second half? He comes out in the third quarter, scores like 15, 18 points, 
and screams at the crowd, this is my bleeping house. Yep. And that's the thing. He is the alpha. And also, you got to remember, he's the only one that can do what he's doing. He can pull up at any point in time from half court and shoot it. No one will say anything. If if Kevin Durant does it, what, what, what are you doing? Are you doing? <laughs> if Clay does it, that's, that's not your game. Yeah, Steve Kerr yeah. does it with Draymond if he pulls up for more than five Perfect feet away. Perfect example. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? Clay went into a between-the-legs crossover move a la Steph Curry and turned the ball over. People, I was watching the game. Oh my God, what are you doing? What that's you doing? not your game. <laughs> you don't. Right. That's the most dribbles you've had in right. two years. <laughs> All right. So, 877-99 on Fox. How do you view the Warriors differently now than you did four years ago? Okay. We'll get into that. Also, still ahead, right around the corner, Fred McLeod, Cavaliers play by play voice. Fox Sports Ohio, not too far down the road. Mark Willard, Olden Polonies, Fox Sports Radio. All right. With Olden Polonies, Mark Willard, it's Fox Sports Radio. Ten minutes away, Fred McLeod, television voice of the Cavs, Fox Sports Ohio. Look forward to getting in there with him. Okay, so we're just having a conversation in here that I think Bears repeating, and uh, let's expand on it even further. You said Kevin Durant has changed. We were talking about this. A lot of people right now are looking at Durant, and there's just a ton of psychoanalysis taking place, which is always funny to me because 99.999% of us are doing that based on facial expressions that we're seeing on a box on the wall in our house. Um. If we could all psychoanalyze somebody simply by looking at their facial expression, then Kawhi Leonard is the most depressed human being on the face of the planet. But I don't think he actually is. That's just Kawhi's face. That's his resting face. He doesn't like to talk. So are we being fair to Kevin Durant? And what is it that you see? I see it from a different prism. I see it from somebody that knows him, knows his family, um, have a relationship. And so... It's going to be different for me. He has changed. You know, he's he's become more, like the word I like to use, more militant, more outward, you know, with his uh, opinions. And when he was in Oklahoma City, he was, you know, the, he was beloved. He had a great reputation. Oh, my like goodness. Every just, interaction, media fans, everything was just, wow, this guy's, I mean, the nicest his person. His speech, his MVP speech yeah. was one of the best ever. Mom. Now you get somebody to recollect that. They're like, huh? <laughs> that's the guy about? with all the technical fouls yeah and so there has been a chance i think he was hurt by what happened with oklahoma city i'm sure he he'll never admit to it but he was hurt by that and we all go through it. i remember my first time going back to you know the team i was traded for it was like oh my god like when i came back to sacramento i got booed incessantly it was like i was in tears after the game Really? I had to hold it in during the game. Wait, back up. Give me okay, what happened? You were traded or you left? I, I left, but there was some stuff put out that, you know, I hated Sacramento and you know, and when I come back, we sh- they should let me have it. And I was like, I never said I hated Sacramento. I never said any of that stuff. Wow. So when and I so came back for the back. first game, oh my God. OP sucks. OP sucks. Boo. And I've done, and I had done so much for the community of Sacramento. It 
it almost broke me like to the point where I was like, I don't need this anymore. You know, who were you it, playing with at the time? Um, I was with Seattle. You went to Seattle, and it was so harsh. I mean, it was so mean spirited. I was like, oh my god! After the game, I literally sat in my locker and cried. It hurt that bad, and so. I understand where Kevin's coming from, but he has to understand. I mentioned this earlier. You know, he's engaging too much in stuff he shouldn't be engaging in, mm-hmm. you know, with social media and the trolls and everything else. But I do. You're Kevin Durant. You're one of the top players in the NBA. You don't need to, you know, give people value like that. You know, just continue being who you are. Just go back to being that guy. You know, and I think he's in a situation now you know, he's in a tough spot. You know, yeah, I left Oklahoma City for Golden State, but it was still my decision and my choice, you know. But no one's allowing that to happen. You know, well, you went and joined Steph. You want, you, yeah. you, you know, oh, they, they you got, know, this it's is, always going to be that way. This is not unique. I mean, we see, gosh, the story you just shared. I'll share this one, for instance. You know who I met right as he was drafted? The NFL holds a rookie symposium on the field at UCLA. They just had it this year, like two weeks ago. And it's an invite-only thing. You have to either be like a first-rounder or maybe a quarterback in the second or third round. It's the guys that the NFL, and it's sponsored, I think, by Panini, it's the guys they think are going to be like the 30 to 35 most marketable guys coming out of the draft. Um, I'll never forget Cam Newton. When the group all came together, I'm like, who's the guy that's an entire head taller than everybody else on the field? <laughs> Who is that? Oh, it's Cam Newton. Okay. These defensive linemen are out there. Cam Newton's an entire head taller than him. I was like, jeez, this guy's incredible. But do you know who else was there and could not have been a nicer human being. And the energy around him was just like, oh my gosh, this is just, it's like one of those people that you meet just directly into your eyes, doesn't know me from Adam, sincere, salt of the earth type. You know who it was? Who? Colin Kaepernick. So. That's my guy. (laughs) Yeah. So I ask you, and this is not to say that anything that Colin has done is now mean. Obviously, it's not. It comes from a oh, very I'm caring place. Yes, it's the it opposite is. of that. So now when I see this, it doesn't surprise me at all that that person I met that day is now having an, a very human experience like this. But you think he's a different person today than he was that day? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's definitely changed. Oh, yeah. Because you get on that. You get in a platform like these guys have, the fishbowl must be so intense. And what gets hucked at them verbally and emotionally, I mean, it, I, it I remember, changes it's you, funny, right? It's it funny you bring you. him up. I remember him from college. My brother-in-law coached him at okay. Nevada. Okay. And so knew who he was and all that, knew the family background and everything else. And he, all he said, man, we got a guy here. He's incredible. The nicest kid. That, he, You know. And it's like to see him now. And this dude, man, he's he's put his money where his mouth yes, is. Yes, he, he has. Put his career he, into his beliefs. And it's all, it's all coming from a good place of just wanting to help people, bring an awareness. And it's just a shame that he has to go through this. But, again, 
you have no choice but to change. You don't want to change. He's not changing. Like he's he's still a nice person. Your experience, but something changes. about yes. you has changed. You know. Well, his experience, obviously. I mean, he's been very angered by a lot of the ills of society. Yes. He, you know, he he put forth a, a campaign. Was it wobbly at times? Pig socks, oh, yeah. Castro shirts, sure. Um, but if you had told me that day, hey, this guy that's standing in front of you who just answered you, media person that he doesn't know from Adam, the way that he did, if you had told me that day, see this person in front of you, he is going to become one of the most polarizing, controversial figures in America a decade from now. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? What? Yeah. This guy? Are you kidding me? This skinny, second-round draft pick who's just smiling at everybody and looks so thrilled to be here today. It's crazy, yeah. man. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's an intense deal um, that, that all of you guys go through, and especially when you get to the very, very top of the chain of fame and, and discussion like a Durant, <laughs> like a Kaepernick, like a LeBron. All of these guys, like but, I can see, I, I don't know how it wouldn't change. You. Hey, Mark, you know what it is, and I've always said this: no matter what the sport is, people always forget we're human beings. We're just like you. We just happen to have a high visibility job. At the end of the day, that's all it is. LeBron still puts his pants on one leg at a time. Nah, I'm okay. not sure about that. People, <laughs> people say that. I always believe that that LeBron just jumps into the pants. <laughs> That's what I I mean when I picture okay. it. Man. When I picture it, he might be the only one. He just jumps into the pants. Everybody else yeah, do one leg at a yeah. time. Some people, by the way, you can sit down on your bed and actually pull your pants off oh. two legs at a time. You, there, there's a way to do it. I tried um, that one time. Yeah. I fell off the yeah. bed. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. I got a. I got a toddler. I got a toddler who's just coming out of pull-ups, and and he thinks he's done. He's done with the pull-ups, but he's not really done with the pull-ups. So what I do is I wait for him to go to sleep, and then while he's asleep, I put the pull-up on. You know what? I I I one leg at a time. One leg at a time. You can't you can't put it on. You can't put both feet through the holes at the same time. So uh, yeah, I, I I get it. Okay, Fred McLeod is a moment away. The Cavaliers play-by-play voice on television. Uh, We've got a lot of questions for Fred, but I promise you the one that I'm really looking forward to asking is, hey, Fred, will you recreate what you said the other night on TV when J.R. Smith grabbed a rebound and started running running for who knows where. Uh, I, I, man, so that's a moment away with Fred. Uh, Mark Willard, Olden Polonies, glad you're with us on a Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. But uh, right now, none other than David Gascon, who, uh, who is going to do this this update, and then he's going to run. He's going to run out of here uh, like, uh, like, uh, like his uh, pants are on fire. I'm wearing sandals today, Mark. Oh, okay. Well, it is warm out. Beautiful day here. It in LA. is. I, I wish we could enjoy it. We can. Well, we're going to get off work at some point. Wait, well, that's true. Yeah, I guess. Did yeah. you hear the good news today, Mark? Um, I've heard a lot of good news. I don't know if we're talking about the same thing though. What do you got? Gronk news. Oh, I did hear that. Gronk confirmed he will be at Patriots oh. mandatory minicamp this week. That's not good news. That's bad. Well, it's bad news for Gronk because Patriots minicamp is not fun. 
Well, who cares about that? It's all about winning. Winning is fun, I'll tell you that much. So he's talked about, obviously, his contract negotiations, but he will be there this week. Also, some good news for Minnesota. Dalvin Cook, who was injured last season with a torn ACL, has been doing individual workouts during OTAs. Meanwhile, in golf today. Hard to believe, but through this brilliant playing area, Jutanagarn is one over on the difficult par threes here at Shoal Creek this week. So this to get back to even for the week. Nobody took your bet. Now 14 under, leading by six. Just so cool with that call. Right now she's at minus 12. She is your leader, one stroke in front of second place. And as you guys had mentioned, the Memorial today, Bryson DeChambeau won the two-hole playoff, winning today a whole lot of money. The purse was $8.9 million. So spread that out, and he wins one point six five two million dollars. That's a nice payday for him. In Major League Baseball, Cubbies blanked the Mets in New York 2-0. John Lester picked up the W. Cardinals shut out the Pirates 5-0. Michael Walker went 8 full and struck out 8. Improves his record to 7-1 this season. A couple of the games that are in progress. Philadelphia leads in San Francisco 1-0. Tampa 1, Mariners nothing. Angels on top of the Rangers 2-0 there. Shohei Otani 1-2 for with a run scored. No home runs just yet. Gentlemen, no home runs just yet. Well, it's between like him and J.D. Martinez. Those are like the two guys I've been looking at all season long going yards. So Only one for two. Is that all he's got for us today? Yeah, so far, right. but it's really yeah. it's in the fifth. Angels, get him out there more. All right, Dave, great stuff. Thanks much. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, he's the Cavaliers. Play-by-play voice on TV, Fox Sports Ohio, Fred McLeod. And he joins us live now here on Fox Sports Radio. Fred, thanks so much for doing it on game day. Really appreciate it. I wonder what you think is going to happen kind of from a mental and emotional standpoint with the Cavaliers uh, coming off of a game like that where I'm sure they certainly feel like they should have won. And as a big underdog, uh, to, to, to play like that and not win – how hard is it going to be for them to kind of replicate that effort again tonight? Mark, I, I think, uh, well, I know they're in a good, good, good spot. I think the extra day really helped them. Uh, we were able to detox on uh, on Friday. Uh, you know, they were bummed, without question. But uh, I, I think they, in their heart of hearts, know, well, obviously they know they, they should have won the game. And, but uh, they've proven a lot to themselves and, and maybe even to the Warriors at the they would be a tough out in this series. So I, I think they come in with a lot of confidence, and it's not dissimilar to uh, three years ago when they lost Kyrie Irving in a fractured kneecap after a heartbreaking overtime loss. And I maintain that was a tougher hill to climb when they won game two. So it doesn't guarantee anything tonight, but uh, I like their mental state right now. Fred, uh, when you look at what uh, has happened to the story of J.R. Smith over the last 72 hours, I also wonder about about him. Not only uh, not only what's his mental state, but you know, has he lost any trust? Maybe with uh, with his teammates. No, it's you know he, did, he, he lost track of it. And, uh, you move on. I mean, he uh, you know, Jr. Obviously on the floor always lives on the edge. You know, just the, the way he plays the game and, and takes tough shots. And, uh, he missed a bunch of open threes that he would normally knock down and. If he gets one of those, we're not even having this conversation because uh, they win the ball game in regulation. So uh, 
the Cavs as a whole really struggled in open threes, uh, 25% in game one. So if you one or two, like I said, we're, we're, it's a wholly different take. So uh, as OP knows, this is a make-make league, and um, when you make your shots, all of a sudden the uh, storyline becomes totally different. Hey, Fred, it's Olden here. Um, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, but um, when JR grabbed the rebound, I kind of like, you know, waiting on your famous calls, you know, I got your back if he had gone and put it in, but he didn't. So with everything that was been going on in social media about him running to the liquor store and all that, <laughs> I, <laughs> he has not, honestly, now, nah, he's not letting that bother him, is he? No, because at this stage, as you know, Pete, it's – you got to, and, and back in your day, can you imagine uh, with a couple of piston seasons we had there were a little rugged that, uh-huh. you know, social media would have blown us up. So, All of but us. In this day and age, you know, I, I think the guys know just to totally ignore it. And it, it now it takes on a life of its own. And even, you know, three years ago I talked about in the finals, we didn't have quite even that much scrutiny as we, as we do now and just the, <laughs> the clever uh, – Things that we see out there, we'll, we'll call it that. But uh, no, he's Jr.'s fine. They've got his back, so to speak, in terms of um, you know emotionally supporting him and, uh, and knowing that. Listen, they don't win a championship in 2016 if he doesn't hit those three key triples to start uh, the second half. No one in Cleveland ever forgets that. And um, uh, Cleveland's got his back too. So and he knows it. Okay. So in game two, who's your pick right now? Who's your guy that has to step up for the Cavaliers to have a chance? Well, uh, Jr. certainly has to be there, and then George Hill right behind him. Um, and, and I said at the beginning of the season, uh, series rather, uh, Jeff Green is going to have a special role in the series, because and, and he defended Kevin Durant pretty darn well in game one, just like he did in the regular season. So uh, I'm cheating on your question. Uh, I would say those three guys, but I guess in ranking order would be uh, – I don't expect Jared to miss open threes again. And um, and George Hill's got to attack and also forget the fact he missed a, a free throw, which he will. And uh, and Jeff Green's got to hit some shots yesterday in, in practice. He said he uh, shot his hand off, so he, he was working on the stroke. And, <laughs> you know, there's such, such a razor-thin margin between uh, those teams in game one. Any, any little shot or uh, extra play w- would turn the tables. Fred McLeod is the play-by-play voice of the Cavaliers on TV, and he's joining us now live on Fox Sports Radio. Fred, uh, I wonder how the game plan changes, if at all, based on the fact that even if Clay Thompson plays, doesn't seem like he's going to be a fully healthy Clay Thompson. So, how do you how do you see that affecting this? That could be huge. Um, and so, if that's Jr., I mean, he's got to he's got to run and make Clay Thompson chase him. Um, you know, I don't know how much they'll build that into the game plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of JaVale McGee tonight. He, he was pretty darn good at the start of the second half. And obviously with the uh, Cavaliers' uh, rebounding dominance in game one, I wouldn't be surprised if they go a little bigger there. But uh, uh, just in listening to Clay Thompson, I was there yesterday when he spoke, and it sounded like he had uh, digressed a bit. He didn't go into specific details, but obviously I'm sure he had round-the-clock uh, treatment and uh, perhaps he'll he'll bounce back i mean he did a heck of a job coming back from that and hit some big shots as we know and uh, and i i i assume that the warrior fans are going to let go with the booing now jr i mean he you know he slipped and certainly had no intention of trying to take him out like that but it's one of those things that happens uh, in a hard-fought series okay fred 
Uh, Two-part question. One, what is going on with Rodney Hood? And two, do you expect him to play at any point in time in the series? Well, he just, I think he's lost his confidence a little bit. But in answer to your second part, yeah, I think he could. And he's got to stay ready. Um, you know, Rodney's really a system guy. And I think, uh, and, he, and he's learning how to play with, with LeBron James and, and this new cast of characters. So in his case, I think it hurt him more that he didn't have a training camp with the Cavs. He's really skilled. He's actually faster running the floor than I, I thought he was when you only see Utah twice a year. Uh, and obviously they're more of a half-court kind of a ball club so it's there scored really well off the bounce uh he just got to stay ready and then, you know obviously these coaches tighten up their uh, rotations as you know and come playoff time especially when you go deeper so uh, right now he's been the odd man out but that can't mean that he uh, won't be called upon and if he hits some big shots he can force his way right back in there so tyler has told him to stay ready because uh, at some point we're going to need you Fred, uh, we promised our, our listeners we would ask, and I'm so fascinated to know how each one of you who are calling this game handled that play at the end. So um, when J.R. Smith gets that rebound off the miss, what what did you say? <laughs> no, I, actually, I wish I was doing the play-by-play. We, we were doing just pre-game and, and okay. pre-game. I, I just, uh, All right, but, so you know, like, yeah, what were you thinking at least? It appeared to me like he lost track. But, but in, in looking, because at first I thought, well, why didn't he just put it back up? But in, in really looking at the video, his momentum was carrying him away. So it had been a, a 360 turn in the air. But, you know, he had, he had to do it all over again. He would either found LeBron at the top of the circle where he was open or, or called a timeout. So um, it was just a tough, tough situation. I hope I'm sure it's, it's happened to you somewhere where a teammate, you know, forgot time or score. And you just uh, wish you could have that moment back and, the best way to get it back is to hit some big shots tonight in game two. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, hey, Fred, thank you so much for the time today. We appreciate it. Pleasure, guys. Always uh, good to talk to you. All right. All right, you. there he goes. Fred McLeod, Cavaliers, play-by-play voice, Fox Sports Ohio, joining us on Fox Sports Radio with Olden Polonese, Mark Willard, and the give-and-go is next. Okay, so... <laughs> We're now going to take credit for how good the first segment of the next show is going to be. (laughs) That's what I want to do right now. In fact, um, they don't even hear me right now because they're so deep into debate. I want everybody on Fox Sports Radio to listen not only to what Olden and I are about to do, give and go in just a second, but the first segment of the next show is going to be lit. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm taking credit for it. They still argue. I'm taking credit for it because Rob Parker's about to come in here and he's going to say something about, like, I don't know what he's saying. LeBron scored 51 and he wanted him to score 52 or something ridiculous. It's time to take the L if you don't see LeBron as an all time great. Come here, Rob Bayless. It's time to take the L. Okay? That's it. Rob, you needed one of those. I know you'd love to go make clothes with FS1 logos on them. Your new FS1 logo hoodie is going to say, take the L. You lost. You lost this one. It's over. You lost. All right. Great news. Quick way you can save some money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. 15 minutes. You could save 15% or more on car insurance. That's right. Go to the bathroom. 
Take a take a lap. Take a lap. Nope. Take a lap. Take a lap. Take a lap. Take a lap. Let's do the give and go. Here we go. David Gascon. You just like come in the other studio and pour gasoline right on the fire. You saw that? You saw that? Yeah, you like Hawkeyes. You went like right to Rob Parker and straight line. I've been waiting all day for like, he's like Sunday night football. I've been waiting all day for Rob Parker. We got two. It's over. We got two former NBA players in here. Uh Seven guys, no alcohol. It's just like straight fire in the studio. The the, the guy has enough attitude to look at somebody who played with LeBron James and be like, yeah, but he went over for. And over to just like, get out of here, man. Oh, man. Take a lap. Yeah. So he's taking a lap yeah, right now. Exactly. Yeah. But this is all provoked by you. Uh, oh, 100%. <laughs> You're welcome, America. Wait until you hear 10 minutes from oh. now. A gr- I predict a great radio segment, oh, and you, you're welcome. All right, Joe, let's go with this give-and-go action. <laughs> we'll start things off in the National Football League. Rob Gronkowski, as we mentioned, confirmed today that he's going to attend Patriots mandatory minicamp this week. Gronk also said that him and the Patriots are in the middle of contract negotiations. So, gentlemen, now that he's going to report to minicamp, does this actually help or hurt negotiations on his part? Uh, it helps. I mean, you have to show up, but uh, is this mandatory? That's what I want to know. Yes. Okay, then, yeah, he has to be there if he wants a new contract. Yeah, I think this actually really helps. I think what Rob is doing now is he sent his message. The message has been received. I ha- I think there have been a lot of conversations that have been ongoing since uh, that, you know, whatever that motocross thing he was doing or whatever uh, across the street a few weeks ago. I think the Patriots got the message. I think there's some openness to what he's asking for, and that is why he's showing up. I think the progress that he's asking for uh, has uh, has been happening, and so now this is his way of saying, okay, you guys play ball, I'll play ball. Yep. Came on. Yep. In the NBA, Jason Kidd is reportedly interviewing for the head coaching position with the Detroit Pistons. So one, does Kidd deserve the job? And two, would he be a good fit in Detroit? Well, gosh, so what do we know about what does Detroit even have right now? You got Blake Griffin, and outside of that, you know, there's nothing that necessarily really stands out in the way of star power. I mean, Jason Kidd is an interesting guy. Like he's had results, but he's also always ruffled a lot of feathers. I think a team uh, that is right now on the outside looking in needs something like that. Well, you you got, need somebody you, to come in and kind of upset the hornet's nest a little bit. So I think it could be a nice fit. Yeah, right. I think so. I like it. Um, one of the things that I like from when he got – not that I like he got fired, but um, Giannis was really fighting for him to keep his for job. Him, right. And so that bodes well. You know, that's saying that, you know, guys, his players like him. And so Detroit, they need – you know, a little bit of flavor right now. It's funny that, you know, you mentioned Blake Griffin. You said there's no star power. It's like that's Andre Drummond. How well, fast no, they drop. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> first I meant outside of Blake, but secondly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did say that. Yeah. Andre Drummond is not a star to me. He's a, he's a, you know, serviceable guy, but he's not a star. 
All right. Let's go to the Shield, or TMZ, I guess we can call it now. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick's attorney says someone is ready to turn on the NFL soon, and we should expect a dramatic turn hmm. soon in the collusion case. So, gentlemen, here's the question. Even if that happens and Cap wins the case, does anyone really expect he'll be welcomed back into the National Football League? Uh, I believe if he wins the collusion case, they're going to have no choice but to bring him back. And so that's what I'm hoping for. But who knows? The NFL, you know, they kind of like showing that they write their own rules now. No doubt. They make the rules up as they go along. And unfortunately, I wish what you said was the case, that if he wins the collusion case, they're forced to bring him back. But the NFL, as we've seen, uh, they don't take kindly to being forced to do anything. They make their rules up as they go along. And I sort of believe the fact that this collusion case even went forward was probably Colin realizing that his NFL career was over. Because what are they going to do if he wins the case? He gets a bunch of money, but what team is going to step up to be the team and say, okay, now that you beat us in court, we're going to also welcome you back into the league? I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't see it. Gentlemen, enjoy tonight. All right, man. Okay, game, uh, game two. LeBron will drop tonight. 50. LeBron will drop 50. He'll still lose. Lose by 10. And get all the blame. And Rob Parker will light up a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be like, see? And then Rob will immediately run to his iPad How and about- try to come up with a new acronym uh, that, that for some reason he thinks leads to uh, LeBron James not being great. How about this equation? LeBron scores 30. Okay. Kevin Love gets 20. And the rest of those guys have about 15 apiece. George Hill and... Um, then, the, then the Cavs will win. Yeah. Then the exactly. Cavs will win. Like, That's you, the formula. Here, here's what's crazy. You brought this up earlier. LeBron goes 51-8-8, eight and, eight, and the Warriors never adjusted their defense. Never. Uh, we don't care because Exa- we know exactly. you have no help. Exactly. <laughs> the Warriors looked at LeBron James the other night and said, oh, you want you don't want to score 40? You want to score 50? Cool. <laughs> as long as George Hill doesn't get to 16, <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. LeBron might break a record in this series for points. Yep. Um and and it might still be over quickly. Great to see you, buddy. All right, my man. All right, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.